Hey friends. Hey. We, we are two, two queers walking into a church. church. How's it going down? Uh, you know, it's going. I've had a busy day today. Yeah. Oh, um, that's funny you should say that. I know it is. <laughs> okay, so it's funny that you say this and that we're going to talk about what we're going to talk about today. So should I just say what we're talking about today? Yeah, okay, so we're going to talk about productivity, how productivity impacts our self-worth, maybe some like cultural norms around that, societal pressure. We're going to kind of dive into that, how that's come up in both of our lives, how it comes up in many millennials' lives, and we're just going to kind of break that apart and dive into where that comes from. Mm-hmm. I noticed today that I really value my self-worth based on how productive I'm being because I um, had a full Google calendar and I was like, today's going to be a good day. And then I tweeted about how I was excited to have a full (laughs) Google calendar. And I was like, son of a bitch. Like this is just so ingrained in us. Yeah, for sure. I totally agree. So we kind of skipped over our intros. So, but that's fine because it go, it goes into what, we're talking about today. So Dom, tell us about it yourself. Okay, so my name's Dom. I work for a nonprofit organization called Stand with Trans. I do a lot of stuff for Stand with Trans, mostly some like event planning for trans youth and their families, workshops and facilitation of small groups and things like that. That's my main job right now. I'm I, I'm a con- I do contract jobs, so I have a lot of random jobs all the time, doing different educational stuff, usually in the queer field. And then in January, I start a new full-time job, and I will continue to do all of these other side gigs along with that. Good. <laughs> along so, with that. So. so you have contract work mm-hmm. and the full-time job coming up. Correct. And you go to school. Correct. <laughs> yes, wow. I do. Yes, I do. Perfect. How many credit hours are you taking? I'm only taking 11 next semester because I'm almost done with school. That's good. Yeah. Yay! It's only 11 credit hours, which, I mean, is you know, can still be a lot depending on the courses and whatnot, but getting down to the end. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's still crazy because I know, like, at my college, <clears throat> when I was going, regular time, like, full time was, like, 15 credit hours. Yes. And each of those credit hours was, like... So I had like three-hour classes or six-hour classes because I went to art school. So you have to have that amount of time for like your studio classes. And But even like our English classes were like minimum three hours long. Right. So mine are right now the classes that I'm signed up for. One of my classes two days a week and the class is like two hours each. So that's mm-hmm. like four hours a week mm-hmm. in total. And then the other class is a lab that's – like goes along with one of my other courses Mm -hmm. so it's also like a two-hour class okay so do you Um, have real quick i know this is kind of off topic but i would love to know um so when you have a lab do you have homework from the lab as well as the main course with that that's a good question i don't know yet (laughs) i'm not um i feel like probably okay but i but i don't know for sure so i'll find out i've never had a lab that is like that I registered as two separate classes. Yeah. So like it, it's just a class I need to graduate. It's like a science class. Oh, and yeah. then you have to take a lab in occurrence with it. And it's the same subject, but it's like one of them's like a like a one thirty one class, one of them's like one thirty three or something. Like it's so anyway. 
but it's like the same subject matter. Mm-hmm. But they also don't run the same time. So like for example, the lecture mm-hmm. only goes March or January through March, but the lab goes for the full semester. So for part of the semester, for half the semester, I'll only have a lab. I won't have the lecture also. Which come so the the lab is all all year, you said? Lab is all year, but the, the lecture is not. Is the lecture during the first half or the second first half? First half. That's fucking weird. Isn't it? <laughs> I know. I'm so glad I'm done with that. <laughs> when I was in college, I was either taking fifteen credits. One semester I did 18 credits. Yikes. I have no idea how I did that. No, I don't think I could do that. Because I had, like, I think I had, like, at least three studio classes. So that's, like, it was either, I think it was, like, three hour classes on two days or one day where it was a six-hour class. That's a lot. Yeah, dude. And, like, then you had to do, like, paintings or, like, projects for each of those classes. And then on top of that, you had your, like, your you know, English or whatever classes that you have to have to have, like, an accredited BFA. And then, the like, my English or psychology teachers would be like, these courses are just as important as your studio classes. And we're all like, fuck you. No, they're not. <laughs> <laughs> we're just taking this because we have to. But during that time, I was working at least one job, if not two. When I was doing 18 credits, I don't know, I had two regular jobs. And then I also volunteered. No. That that mm-mm, that was that was crazy. Who do millennials think they are, and who <laughs> and who taught us that we had to do this? I don't I don't know because like when I was like when I was in college like I feel like I wasn't like I was on social media but I feel like social media still isn't as ingrained in us as it is today. Mm-hmm. I feel like yeah, you know, because so I wasn't like oh my god like all these people I follow on social media are doing all these things, you know, grinding all day long, never sleep, all that. But I didn't get that push to just, like, run myself ragged from my parents. Mm. What about you? Did you get that from your mom? Uh, Not, like, my mom wasn't of the, like, you have to always be doing something kind of parent. She encouraged us to do things, but I... I don't think there was ever a message in our household that we were, like, expected to do certain things. Mm -hmm. But I will say that, like, maybe there was a, I don't know, like, an underlying message because my mom was a single parent. Mm -hmm. And she worked really, really hard all the time Mm -hmm. because she had to to take care of me and my sisters. So I don't know if maybe, like, that was part of it. Like, I just saw my mom hustling all the time. So Mm -hmm. it's, like, ingrained in me in that way. But there was no, like we didn't have dialogue that suggested that I like had to, you know, work myself to death. Yeah. And now my mom's a, a a very different parent than she used to be. But now she's very of the, like, you have to take care of yourself. You have to take care of your mental health. And, and those are things that she's learned just like, you know, along the way. So back then I might've had different conversations with her, but yeah, I I was never like taught that I had to do that, I Mm -hmm. guess. Yeah. I feel that. Well, I'm Emily. Cause <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> it's okay. It's fine. We're we're doing a little bit different program today. Yeah. Um, my name is Emily. 
I am a behavioral therapist technician. I administer behavioral therapy as well as art therapy to two children now. And I did not go to school for that, but I am certified with the state and the county to do so. That was a lot of of work on top of having like two jobs. So I had to get myself certified to do that, to get this job, which pays decently well. So it's like worth it in that aspect. But then, like I kind of mentioned previously, I do have a BFA in illustration. Uh, Went four-year whole thing, college debt, all that. And... I've wanted to be a tattoo artist since I was like 13. So I had previously done an apprenticeship when I was a bit younger, but it didn't work out. And so I waited a little while because I really wanted to find somebody who was a good fit for me as far as like apprenticing. And I wanted to be able to learn as much as I could and learn not just like how to tattoo, but like how do you set up? How do you clean? What are, like, the financial things that you have to think about, like, when it comes to being a tattoo artist? How often do you have to be at the tattoo shop, you know? And the person who apprentices me right now is really going through all of that extracurricular stuff that people don't really think about as a tattoo artist. And, like, it's really, like, see, that's a job I'm definitely going to have to work really hard at. But I will hopefully be starting to tattoo soon um and i will be slowly transitioning out of being a behavioral therapist but i might have to keep that job for a while you know just as like a a steady income because when you start tattooing you don't make hardly any money and you spend a lot of money like getting your machine and getting your your tools and just sitting at the shop waiting for people to come in so that is a hard job that I'm looking forward to doing because I, I will actually be able to be pursuing something I'm going into. So how about you? How does your college, like what, uh, I know you're, I'm, I actually don't know exactly what, I have an idea of what you're going into, but like, how do your jobs correspond to like what you're going into for college? Yeah. So I'm going to school for social work. I was originally going to social work. Uh, going to school for social work to be a therapist and I learned very quickly I don't want to be a therapist. I really like macro social work. Macro social work is more on a larger level so instead of doing more like one-on-one impact you have like larger impact in the sense that you usually do like community stuff. So similarly to what I'm already doing in my jobs like planning large workshops and, you know, facilitating educational events, things like that. That's more macro social work. So that's probably like the field I'll generally stay in long term, like down the road. My job that I'll be doing full time is similar to that, but we'll also have like a one-on-one component to it because I'll be working with a caseload. So kind of the best of both worlds in that sense that I'll get to have that one-on-one connection with people but I will also still be able to do things on like a larger scale. So I'm pretty much doing work in exactly what I'm going to school for at this point. Mm-hmm. It'll just to allow me to have better paying jobs if I get a degree. That's mm-hmm. really the only difference. And it'll open doors to, you know, like what I'm allowed to apply for because some jobs just require you to have a bachelor's or a master's degree. Mm-hmm. So my schooling is very relevant to, you know, what I am 
going to be doing for my career. What I have found, though, is that most of the things I learned in school are pretty not like pretty much not helpful <laughs> for the jobs I actually do. I, everything I've ever learned, I pretty much learned from having a the, like having jobs and learning from those mistakes or having like really awesome mentors. I've obviously learned some things in school, but most of the time, since I'm not going to be a therapist, knowing these theories and, you know, what therapists came up with what and cognitive whatever, like most of the time that stuff doesn't serve me in the work that I'm doing. Will it serve you later on in the work you're going to do? Uh, it may. Hmm. It may. Because some of those things do still apply to, like, groups as a whole. Mm-hmm. But I've really, like, stepped away from the thought of needing to, like, diagnose a client with anything. I probably won't have jobs where I have to do that anymore. So I doubt that I will use a lot of that stuff, to be honest. Yeah, so my schooling is pretty much important just because I have to have a degree mm-hmm. to, to get further in life. But not because the actual, like, information has been super important. Got it. Which is a little a little frustrating sometimes, but yeah, it just is the way that it is. And in yeah. this country, we really like praise academia for whatever reason. So <clears throat> yeah, which is very interesting because I think about like for me, like I got a degree in illustration. Am I a professional like working illustrator? No, I've had life complications that have prevented me from probably going out and like working as hard as I could to become an illustrator but it's just like it's crazy that we push people so hard to go to college or university or whatever rack up all this debt and then you're not even guaranteed a job right like most jobs nowadays they require a bachelor's degree for an entry-level job and it's like that's absolutely crazy to me you know and then if they don't require a bachelor's degree they require a master's degree, which that's so much money. And a lot of times you're not being paid in the same ratio that you with the debt that you've incurred. And then on top of that, to be able to pay for these degrees, you have to work so many jobs. And I, I think it's awesome that you are actually like doing jobs right now that will coincide with, you know, what your degree is and like what you eventually want your career to be. Like, I know for me, I had, one job, which definitely coincided with my degree, I worked for a company where I was <clears throat> creating window displays, but that was like an internship. So it was like a three month job. It was wonderful. It was like the best job I've ever had, but it's really hard to get into that type of job. Yeah. So it's just, it's very, it's very hard, like, because like you're in college and you're, and you feel like, if your parent, I don't know, for for me, my parents did help me out a little bit with school. So I felt like I had to work to like prove that I was, it was like, well, I'm like working really hard and saving my money because mm-hmm. you're helping me out. And like, I'm trying to like get myself foot up, which my parents never encouraged me to like work my ass off and like overexert myself to the point where like I was just too tired to do homework. But it's, I don't know. It's just, I guess it's just a society thing. Mm hmm. Or just like an anxiety thing, maybe for me. I don't know. What do you think? I So I feel like when I was living at home, my parents didn't help me with school. So I think I worked because I didn't, I just like didn't want to live in my mom's house forever. Mm-hmm. And she, I was like, well, she's not paying for my schooling. So like, I really don't have any reason that I like need to stay at home. I didn't have any of that like kind of guilt, you know? Mm-hmm. 
so I didn't I didn't have that. I just wanted to like not be broke. <laughs> like, yeah. That's just the real deal. Is like money. I didn't want to live at home and I didn't want to be broke. I could have lived at home, but I was, you know, in my mind I was like, I'm eighteen, I'm an adult. I want to be able to do what I want to do. I don't want my mom telling me, you know, what I can do. And I didn't live in the kind of household where it was like, well, you're 18, so you're an adult now and you can do whatever you want. My mom was like, this is my house and like, these are my rules and yeah. I don't care how old you are, you're going to follow them. Yeah, same. So, you know, I wanted my freedom essentially and I paid for it in the form of a lot of debt. <laughs> That's how I paid for it. So, yeah, I don't know. I feel like a lot of... My desire to be productive, I guess, comes from a few different things. Like, I really just want to feel good. Like, I, I feel like one way that I really, like, mastered uh, – mastered is a little extreme. One way that I've, like, made sure that my mental health is in a good place is that I keep myself busy. Mm -hmm. But I found that there is a line that if you cross the line of being too busy, then you just go back to, like, your mental health not being in a good place. So I feel like I'm constantly battling that line, trying to make sure that I have things to do, but not too much to do. And it's such a like, sometimes it's different. Sometimes I can handle so much more. And sometimes I need to just like, for an entire week, I want to like do nothing. Yeah. So because I work from home right now, contractually, I do have that option where I, I can give myself a mental health day if I want to, or three mental health days if I want to. Um, But that also means that I don't get paid like yeah. on those days because I'm being contracted to do work and I have to invoice for specific hours mm -hmm. and prove that that work has been done. So part of it is main maintaining my mental health. I also feel like there is like a social responsibility piece to it for a lot of millennials, a lot of activists, a lot of people who want to make a difference. We have this like really good thing taught to us and ingrained in us that we want to be better people than our parents were. We want to make more of a difference than our parents did. Like, I just think it's something our generation is becoming more, taking more responsibility for other people. I agree. So we're doing things like volunteering or taking on too many jobs that maybe like we don't quite have the time for, but we want to do the good work. So yeah. we're doing it. You know, just things like that. Or, you know, meeting up with your friends because you should hang out with your friends and you should be social when sometimes what you really need to do is like sit down and take a fucking bath or yes. do your homework. I love or, baths. Yeah. It's like we, you know, we, we don't want to tell people no. Yeah. We don't want, and in, and on one foot, there's like the fact that we've taken this social responsibility is incredible mm -hmm. because the generations before us didn't do it so much. The ones that did were, you know, these movements that were like really, you know, proud of like the civil rights movement. And, you know, those people took social responsibility into their hand and said, we need to make a change. We need to make a difference. And this is how we're going to do it. But like, imagine the emotional labor. So much, so much emotional labor. So it's like not in comparison to like those great deeds that people have done, but it's, it's the same idea that, you know, our generation really wants to take some responsibility for caring for others and I think that that comes at a price of sleepiness. Yeah. And some anxiety, yeah. as you spoke to.
Yeah, for sure. And I definitely think current life, especially, like, I feel like in the last 10 years with the absolute, like, huge surge of social media and people being glued to social media. I mean, I am. And I know a lot of millennials or even, like, people even a little bit older than us and definitely kids that are way younger than us, like... People were born in 2000. Weird. It's so fucking weird. Like, That's weird. Billie Eilish was born in 2001. That's fucking That's weird. That's super weird. But think about, like, the pressure that, for instance, that's on, like, somebody like Billie Eilish or somebody that's in, like, the big public eye. She's, like, I think she's, like, 17 turning 18. She does full world tours. She does press. And then all this other stuff at 18. Like, and I get it, like, she's a singer and, like, and a performer and all that stuff. But, like, people who aren't in that field see that and be like, oh, my God, like, an 18-year-old, a 17-year-old is doing She's been doing this since she was, like, you know, 15, 16. Right. And they're like, oh, my God, I should, like, I should grind like that. I should, like... It's just funny to me because, like, I see, like, a lot of people are like, never sleep, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, fuck that. I need sleep. Oh, I need me in eight hours. Right? Preferably, like, nine, actually. Oh, my God. I don't even get that. I, I nine hours of sleep that. is, like, <laughs> if I get nine hours of sleep every day, I, I'm in a good place. Mm-hmm. If I get nine hours of sleep. Yeah. But I feel like, like, so many people on social media who are influence influencers, people in general just see these people who are in social media and they see like how much they're doing but it's like but literally their entire life is their career yeah you as a person who works like maybe one to two jobs probably has a has a degree like you can afford to like take time off spend time with friends get sleep go to a therapist if you have insurance or not you know whatever whatever you can afford whatever you can do and it's just it's just society has ingrained, I feel like, especially recently, that your mental health and just your entire, like, physical being does not need to be as nourished as it should be. And I feel like, though, like, with people being more outspoken, especially in the media about mental health and about taking care of yourself, that has, like, brought back a little bit of taking care of yourself and, like, actually treating yourself like you actually need things and it's not just oh I'm just gonna like I don't, I don't know I just keep thinking of the word grind because that's just what everybody <laughs> says <It's> stupid. <laughs> no but that makes perfect sense I feel like there's like that it, it's like a standard essentially mm-hmm. and you know I, I always think about how like our parents and our grandparents and whomever they always say like how hard it was and, and I don't doubt that like they worked really hard like I know my grandpa worked really hard his whole life doing manual labor, but I just feel like there's also a different sense of, I think the social responsibility piece is really big because back then you just really kind of like worried about your family and that was it. Mm -hmm. And I feel like we have more of a moral obligation, or at least we've accepted more of a moral obligation to get some of those things accomplished. And of course not everyone does. And, and it's not everyone's responsibility to, but I do think that that like plays into, I know that's a huge part of it for me and, and not always on a large scale. Like sometimes it's that like I take on way too many jobs yep. that I shouldn't 
because not because I don't want to do the work because I do. And I want to contribute to these like incredible, you know, agencies that are doing this like really important work. But the truth of the matter is like, I just don't have the time when I was still working at my old job, which was not in my field. And I was really miserable there. I would work like 65 hours a week and try to work my contractual jobs on top of that and go to school full time. No. (laughs) Oh my God. I was so unhappy. I was miserable. I was so miserable. And part of that was because I was working a job I wasn't passionate about because I was trying, I I wanted to make money. Mm -hmm. And the only time I felt alive is when I was, you know, working those contractual jobs that I felt passionate about, Mm -hmm. but it was impossible. It was impossible. I was working myself to death. I was so exhausted. I didn't have time for other things. I fell behind in my classes and it was just like, it wasn't worth it at the end of the day. Yeah. But there's like this, just something in our society that tells us we're supposed to work to death. Mm -hmm. And I think there's also this like narrative in our country that you don't have to be poor if you work really, really hard. Yeah. Because we are classist nation and we're Mm. and we're run by rich white men so if you know well if i don't want to have money problems then like i have to work a job that is something i'm not passionate about Mm -hmm. and i need to make a lot of money so that way i can survive Mm -hmm. and so there's like this ingrained classism in us i guess Mm -hmm. where we feel like if we you know work these low-wage jobs and we're struggling, it's our own fault. Yeah. When in fact, it's our economic system's fault. Mm -hmm. It's our leader's fault. It's the rich people's fault for, you know, assuming that people don't deserve living wages for jobs that are hard labor, emotional labor, physical labor, whatever it may be. Mm -hmm. So I sort of think there's like that, like ingrained element in us and as well where we feel like we have to work hard because we don't want to, you know, fall into that category of people who societally are looked down upon, not because we think that those people are actually looked down upon, but because then there's like that internal thing that's like, well, you could work harder and then you wouldn't be broke. Yeah. You know, like if you have three jobs, if you work 70 hours a week, you won't be broke, Dom. <laughs> and I'm like, you're right. <laughs> you're right. You're right, United you're States government. <laughs> yeah. Well, so, I don't know. I, I I just feel like that is such a another big factor that, like, isn't taken into consideration. Oh, yeah. Well, also, like, you talked about your grandpa, like, working, like, what did you say, like, a manual job yeah. or, like, in a factory. He could probably support his family very well. I'm certain that he did. Because the economy was so much better. And, like, any rhetoric, I feel like, that comes from older generations for us not working hard enough or not caring enough or or destroying the economy. I see one more article about how millennials are destroying certain economies. I'm going to just scream. But you think about, like, back then, like, yeah, I could work, like, a 40-hour a week job and I could I could afford like 
a, a nice house. I can afford several children, a dog, and be able to go on vacations, you know, as long as I put in my two weeks or whatever, you know, like all that stuff. Like, but nowadays, especially because of the economic climate that we're in, where, like you said, like people are working jobs, two jobs, three jobs, just to be able to pay all their bills. I'm working two jobs and like I save a little bit, but like, I I work like around sixty hours a week and it's just like It's exhausting. Yeah, it's so exhausting. It's crazy. And if I wanted a job that paid more, I would have to get a master's degree. Right. Which then I'd be in more debt and then I would have more bills. And then it's like, does it really pay off? I don't know. Sound off (laughs) in the comments below. (laughs) It's called gatekeeping. Mm Oh God. Okay, so well so we've kinda of talked about like how, you know, this like concept of being productive impacts our lives. So what are some ways that you feel like you kind of try to defy that in your life in a positive way? Or like what are some like self care things that you do to kind of like not let your productivity affect your self worth? Well, I feel like my self care happens a lot like outside of work because in my first job it's not about me and there's literally like no time for me for it to be about me but self-care for that job could mean because I have to wake up early it's like okay well like maybe as much as you would like to go hang out with your friends because you have FOMO or whatever that means just staying in you will feel better about your productivity and also like like today I could have worked today but I took the time off and I got myself like my tattoo touched up good and I got to sleep in and then I got to go to my job my second job but get tattooed and it was just it was such a lovely experience and I was like like in the back of my head I was just like you know you could be working like you're giving up like like five hours of you know x per hour you know and that's this much money and it's like you know what just stop like I need to I need to take this time like, so many people, like, I I don't remember the exact statistic, but so many people in America don't even take their time off. Don't even, I didn't even know, I've been working at my job for one and a half years. I didn't even know about sick days. Apparently, I can take sick days. I didn't know that. Nobody told me because, of course, <laughs> like, nobody wants you to take a sick day. Right. But now I, like, like, I feel like in jobs like that, you really need to, like, take advantage of, like, everything that your job could potentially offer you in that aspect like find out from HR if you can have mental health days find out from HR if you can have sick days how do I process taking time off and that type of thing and for my second job it's just like sitting around and and just drawing so that in itself and taking that job has been really nice for my health mental health because it's doing something I really love but I think taking care of yourself outside of work and making sure that you take advantage of what your job has to offer is honestly like the best way to help with productivity and to make sure that productivity doesn't like sweep you away by you only thinking about productivity. Mm-hmm. So what about you? I agree. I feel like a lot of similar stuff, like I really learned how to set boundaries. I think that in my job, sometimes there's a lot of emotional labor involved. And so when I first like started working in the field that I'm in, I found myself getting really sad a lot, mm, yeah, yeah, which I still do, but I've really tried to like disconnect myself in a way, not like disconnect myself entire entirely, but just say like, it's okay to like leave this at work mm-hmm. 
which has made like a huge difference. Oh yeah. In just like my mood in general, that has definitely helped a lot. Lately, since I'm working from home, I've been trying to like structure myself more. Like if I have work to do, I try to leave and go to like a coffee shop because mm. if I sit at home, I will do the thing where I like this notebook is full of lists that I've made. I love lists. And I love lists and they're so productive for me. But I feel like something I do is when I'm at home, if I work from home, I'll get distracted and I'll like start doing the dishes or I'll be like, oh my God, I really need to vacuum or like there'll be stuff on the table and I'm like, oh, I really got to clean this up later. And so I think of all these things that I need to do when I'm supposed to be focusing on my work Mm -hmm. and I still get my work done. But then I'm the whole time getting distracted and sometimes I get up and I go wash the dishes because I can't stop thinking about it mm-hmm. because I also have OCD. So <laughs> it's like there's like that I, I have to like set those boundaries. So that has been a little bit challenging working from home for the past three months, just kind of trying to keep myself on in a structured environment. Yeah. Because when I'm not productive enough, I feel not good because then I'm just kind of sitting around my house. I feel that. So I've been trying to like set hours for myself, like from this time to this time is when I need to be doing things. But then when I'm too productive and then I can't focus and then I feel like I'm not getting things done because I get anxious about all the things I have to do. So I guess right now it's kind of more like relevant for me that I really like set a timeline of like what needs to be done and what needs to be prioritized. And then I kind of just, you know, execute whatever is that's most important first. And if it's work that needs to be done for one of my jobs, I try to leave home so I don't get distracted with home stuff. And then when I come home, I can work on, you know, whatever projects around my house need to be done. I am trying to make myself more accountable for doing things that are good for me in relation to my mental health Mm because I have not been doing a good job at that. Like, you know, exercising of some sort, I need to go to the gym or walk my dog or whatever it might be just to be in a good space. I try not to stay home too much, which is also why going to coffee shops can be good. Mm -hmm. I try to make sure that I'm socializing, but not too much to the point that I'm exhausted. Yeah. But since I don't have coworkers necessarily, I'm pretty much at home by myself all day and I don't really talk to people. Mm Mm-hmm. Which can be very isolating. Yeah. And that's not good for my mental health either. So right now socializing is really good for me. When I start working a full-time job again and I'm doing like a lot of emotional labor at that job, I might feel less social. But that's okay. Like if that's what happens. Yeah. I just kind of have been navigating it lately based on like what my personal needs are. It's awesome. Yeah. And then I guess just like... I don't know. I'm just trying to like do things I'm passionate about, like making sure that the podcast is a priority and Mm -hmm. that we're like, you know, we both talked about like doing weekly content so that way we can kind of like stand moving in the same direction and get more content out there. I don't know. Yeah. Just trying to like pursue my passions, but also like not overdoing it because then it becomes more of a like anxiety thing. Mm -hmm. And then you don't feel productive. You just feel overwhelmed yeah so I guess just trying to find that that line of where productive and underproductive and overwhelmed all kind of like yeah <laughs> clash together yeah so yeah. I feel like that's really hard like when you work in a, in a space where you're helping other people yes you know when you work with other people it's it it's really good to make sure you're on top of like like you said like what you what you take in and like what 
your emotional labor is for that. Because like for my job, I used to take home a lot of emotional labor because I would be like, oh man, my boss said that I wasn't doing this right. Or like my kid didn't respond at all to therapy today. And it was just really hard. And like there were behaviors or there were like words and that type of thing. And it's, and it's, you really have to like make sure that you're on top of that. But then if you don't work with a lot of people, it's always good to like have that emotional output where you're like getting good emotional support from like friends and like checking in with them. And that'd be a a point where you want to be like more sociable, I feel like. For sure. So do you feel like you, do you have like a favorite self-care thing at this point? I mean, I really love baths. I fucking love baths. Like I'm going to take a bath tonight now that I said it. Yeah. Do you have any other ones that you feel like really work for you? Hmm. I mean, honestly, doing this podcast is a form of self-care. Like, it it exerts a little bit of emotional labor just because you have to think about, like, what we're going to talk about. I have to make sure that I speak well about it, which, you know, can happen. Sometimes does, sometimes doesn't. But this is, like, a way where I can, like, talk about things that are are really personal to me and, like, I can get thoughts out. Mm -hmm. Because my first job, I'm with young children and I'm focused on them Mm -hmm. so it's not like I can have any like emotional feedback for that I mean you get a little bit but not in like the adult way or whatever and then in my second job I'm with people that are not as like-minded as myself so there are sometimes conversations where because of like the sake of my job and what the community or just the workforce that I want to get into is not as progressive as myself, at least in the area where I'm working. So there's a lot of like, I have to do like emotional labor to like make sure I don't get too hot headed or get frustrated about things. Cause I have to just think, you know what? These people are different from me and I want to get into this industry. So unfortunately there's sometimes where I have to, bite my tongue Mm -hmm. you know so this is a wonderful time where I I don't like I don't have to bite my tongue I probably do a little bit you know so I'm not like so I don't sound like absolutely ridiculous (laughs) but like it's a way to to express my feelings about certain things that are frustrating or something that we're both going through but yeah but then also just drawing like take (laughs) gash cats man (laughs) drawing or just like I I love listening to other podcasts because then I can get like it's also another one of those like where you can have somebody do the emotional labor for you you can like listen to what they're talking about you can have your own thoughts you can journal about I love journaling I don't do it enough but it's a really awesome way to like get thoughts out and to feel like you're saying something but maybe not with like the repercussions of your actual tone and maybe the intensity of what you're thinking mm-hmm. or feeling at the moment. So what about you? I I feel like this podcast, yeah, for sure. It's just a way to like be social, but also create content that I think will matter. You know, yes. like, like obviously we ramble about things sometimes, but mm-hmm. I think that we also have like some really good like educational ideas too. Mm-hmm. And as we, like, start putting out more content and things like that, I think that'll be, like, sort of therapeutic in a way. Yeah. 
So that's cool. I really like doing that. Right now, I'm really trying to be more social and, you know, like hang out with my friends more because when I was working at my old job, I feel like I didn't see any of my friends ever. Yeah. And I felt like super, super isolated. So I'm trying to not fall back into that, which is easy to do this time of year because it's cold and you like don't want to leave your house and seasonal depression is just like a real thing. Mm -hmm. So being social right now is important for me. And then just also trying to just like work on things that make me happy, whatever that might be. Like Mm -hmm. the other day I like painted these like old antique dresser drawer things that I'm going to put in my bedroom. So I like refurbished them. And sometimes it's I watch funny TV shows because that's like what I need to do that day or take a bath, which I'm going to do today. Because I haven't taken a bath in a minute, so I want to do that. Mm-hmm. I've been letting myself eat whatever I want. Oof. Not in like in an unhealthy binge eating way, but in like a, I used to like feel shame, I guess, about like eating ice cream or cake or th- like sugary things. Yeah. Because I never used to eat sugar. Yeah. I used to eat, like, really, really healthy. Yeah. And then one day, I just, like, ate a cake because my ex-girlfriend, <laughs> like, broke up with me. <laughs> yeah. I feel that. That's and then I just, it. like, realized I like sweets. Mm-hmm. And I felt guilty about it for a while. And I was like, no, fuck that. Like, you like cake and that's okay, mm-hmm. like, that you like cake. So, but it's, it, you know, I had some, like, unhealthy ideas around, like, eating sugar mm-hmm. or, like, treats in general. So now I just, like, do it. I just, like, fucking make confetti cake and yes. eat it because I want to. And I don't need a reason to eat confetti cake. Like, yeah, because you're an I just, adult. I'm an adult and I can do whatever the fuck I want. So I just eat confetti cake when I feel like it. And there's always ice cream in my freezer now because I deserve it. Yeah, same. So, yeah, I don't know. I guess it's, like, self-care is, like, disciplining yourself but also, like, realizing that you don't always have to be disciplined about everything. Yeah. So, Yeah. Do you have anything else that you want to add before we wrap up? Just don't work yourself to death. Like, take some time to enjoy yourself, enjoy your friends. Like, I understand in certain circumstances there is the need to work really hard. I know a lot of people in our community get kicked out of their house, and they have to work really hard. So if you you don't have the leeway to take a day off, I understand. And nobody... I don't think somebody should fault you for that, especially if there's, like, certain circumstances where you're like, I literally need to work to so I have a place to stay in or I have food on my table. But then in that certain circumstances, you can do small things like having ice cream in your freezer. Like, it's like, I'm going to come home. I need to sleep in, like, an hour. I'm going to have a cup of ice cream. Mm-hmm. I'm going to watch that one show on Netflix. Maybe I'll fall asleep to it because I'll watch too much of it. But, like, at least you have that 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 small amount of time that's doing something for you. Mm-hmm. If you do have the leeway to do it, definitely take advantage if your job has time, like, where you can take paid time off or you can take a sick day because, I mean, mental health qualifies as a sick day. Absolutely. And maybe... And maybe your work doesn't say that, but you can find but we somebody. we do. Yeah, we do. And you can find a way to write it or just say, hey, I need to go to the doctor. I mean, your therapist is technically has a PhD True. of some sort. So, True. you know, take time. If you can afford therapy, do it. If not, 
Get a journal. Write shit down. Join a free support group. Correct. Yes. Especially in, like, our community. I feel like it's definitely good. If you have the time, if you have the means, get in a support group. Make sure you're taken care of. You have a place to output emotions, feelings, events that have happened in your life. Because... I mean, a lot of us around our age are working ourselves to death and are struggling, so it might be nice to, like, hear other people. Because I know, like, sometimes, like, when I'm I'm struggling, I know I'm not the only person that's doing that. But it's just nice to hear that other people are going For through sure. it. And you feel a camaraderie, especially in our communities. So. Yeah. I also feel like <clears throat> sometimes I, I've discovered that one of the reasons I found self-care to be so challenging is because I was trying things that other people suggested and none of them worked for me. Yeah. Like, one of the first things a therapist ever suggested to me was journaling. And I tried it, and I was like, I fucking hate this. <laughs> like, I hated it so goddamn much. And, like, every time somebody was like, you should just write out your feelings, I was like, fuck you. I don't want to write out my feelings. <laughs> like, fuck my feelings. I want to talk about my feelings out loud. Like, yeah, either with another person, preferably, really, with another person. But yeah, writing just like didn't do it for me. I tried it for a really long time and it it just didn't, I didn't feel that release. So try like bizarre shit, like things Mm -hmm. that you wouldn't normally think of. Um, Come up with a new hobby. It doesn't have to be like a normal hobby. It can be a very like not uh, popular hobby that you, that you discover that you enjoy. Mm -hmm. My friends all love to make fun of me because I fucking love like doing my lawn it's like <laughs> it's like my shit Such like a dad no literally on saturdays like if i didn't have to work on a saturday i would wake up early even if i didn't have to work and i'd go outside and i'd spend like six hours in my yard and i'd cut my grass and i would edge it and then i would rake up all the extra like grass and shit and i like made my landscaping look really cute with like mulch and flowers and whatever and people loved to like make fun of me and whatever but that shit was so relaxing to me i don't know why but i love it so much i would pop a podcast in my ears i would work in my yard for literally like four to six hours depending on what i was doing that day i have a big yard so like grass grows fast (laughs) so i would just like cut my grass a lot whatever yeah, I loved it. It was, like, one of my favorite things to do in the summertime, which I think is why I struggle more in the winter, mm-hmm. because I can't cut my grass. <laughs> I know it sounds ridiculous, but really, truly. So maybe something that makes you feel good is just, like, very irregular for your age group or, you know, your, your you know, society's perception of what your gender should do. Mm-hmm. Fucking do it anyway, because if it makes you feel good, then it makes you feel good. And you don't owe an explanation to anybody yeah. about those things. Yeah. So explore self-care things if you're not sure what your self-care thing is yet. Mm-hmm. For sure. All right. Well, it's been great mm-hmm. talking about productivity and self-care with you today. Mm-hmm. So you can follow me on Instagram. My Instagram is hi, I'm Dom, hi underscore, I'm Dom. You can follow our podcast page also on Instagram. We're Two Queers Podcast. The two is T-W-O, so we spelled out the word two. We are going to start posting some more content on there. 
And we'll have some more episodes out soon, so you can follow us on that. Mm -hmm. And if Twitter is your social media of preference, we have two queers podcast, but the two is the number two, because Twitter sucks. (laughs) And I am Emily. You can find me at Emily Craig Art. Craig is spelled K-R-I-E-G on Twitter and Instagram. I would love to follow you back and see all of the beautiful faces that are listening to us. All like ten of them. <laughs> we'll Probably just all of our friends. It's fine. <laughs> but thank you for listening. We appreciate you. Please take time for yourself. If you want to, you can maybe message us and let us know what you do for self-care. Would love that. Maybe that's something that we could implement in our life or be like, oh my god, I never even thought about that. I'm totally going to do that. And it'll be all because of you. We love you. Thank you so much for listening. Have a great night. Bye. Bye. trying to catch it. Oh, Ralphie. It's a cat shit closet. That's where their litter boxes are. Is that where all the lesbians come out of? Yes. <laughs> cat shit closet. When lesbians are born, they are born into a pile of cat shit. Okay. So yeah. Oh my goodness. Self-care tips from us. <laughs>